is our uh, this is our fourth installment of the flame, and as you know, we're all about here becoming who God created you to be in the image and uh, likeness of Christ, uh, and uh, following the footsteps of Saint Catherine of Siena. So uh, tonight, uh, today's a great feast day. I want to say first of all, one of my favorite feast days. I'm sure you're all familiar with Saint Sixtus and his companions, Pope Saint Sixtus. He was, uh, he was a pope in the early church uh, during one of the persecutions, and he, uh, and along with four deacons, were martyred in the catacombs. So if you go visit the catacombs of St. Callistus today, you can see where St. Sixtus and his four deacons were martyred uh, near around after the celebration of the Mass. And it was the beginning of one of the great persecutions in the church. St. Lawrence was one of his deacons, she might be familiar with St. Lawrence, uh, who was martyred not too long thereafter. Tonight, I'm very excited to have with us one of the seminarians of the Diocese of Rapid City. I met Mark, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Mark, but I met Mark uh, on a trip to Winona. Right. 2008. You drove us I drove, yes. Was that 2008? What yeah, year did we, you go to? I think it was 2008. Yeah, so it was spring of 2008, March. I remember because I was in the middle, I just bought a house, and I was in the middle of moving into my new house when Father Christensen called me and said, I'm stranded in Minneapolis, my flight got canceled, and I can't get back to Rapid City, so I can't drive the guys to Winona for the seminary weekend, so I need you to do it. And I said, I'm supposed to be moving this weekend. I should be out of my apartment. How's that, how does that gonna work? But he had no compassion or sympathy <laughs> at all. Uh, and he, so, so I got in the Suburban and drove with about three or four or five guys, young men, down to Winona. And I uh, picked up Mark in Sioux Falls. And uh, I almost ran out of gas on that trip. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but fortunately, Mark was able to help me out. So I'm very excited to have him uh, here telling us his story tonight. He's been studying over in Rome, and he's set to be ordained to the diaconate on October 2nd this year. God willing. Uh, so please welcome Mark Horn. It's great to be here. I don't think I, I should need a microphone. You can hear me well back there. Okay. Yeah, I, I finally got on that trip uh, as a result of uh, kind of giving in to God's will. But prior to that, I, I had uh, kind of blocked Father Christensen from my email and my voicemail for a while. Because <laughs> he is a very persistent vocations director, but I thank God for that. <laughs> So obviously the theme of our gathering tonight is, is a, a famous quote of St. Catherine of Siena, be who God made you to be and you will set the world on fire. Um, and who's ever experienced the, the love of God and really listened to his word, just implicitly has experienced and known the, the, the truth of that saying, that you know, when, when, you, when we become who God has meant us to be, who we're always made to be, that happens. And so, although certainly very much still on the road to becoming that man that God has made me to be from the moment of my creation, uh, still very much on the way to become the saint God wants me to be, uh, tonight I, I just hope to, to obviously uh, 
add my voice to the long list of witnesses to, to that, that, that truth that, that the world needs us uh, to be who God created us to be. And so in, in reflecting on where and how God has called me at this point in my life uh, to, to, to lead me to this point, you know, I, if, if there's one thing that uh, has been the guiding principle for me, I have to say it, it's been his love. It's been his love. If that kind of sums up um, why, what, exactly why I'm, I'm here. Yeah, his invitation to a relationship that is a response to his prior love. Um, and the superior general of, of the Jesuits up until 1983, uh, Father Pedro Arupe, he has a pretty well-known quote. And it was in response to a question that someone asked to him uh, on what, what's the practicality, and what, what's the practicalness, uh, if that's a word, of... Uh, having a close relationship with God in a, in a prayer life. And this is what he said. Nothing is more practical than finding God and falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you're in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, whom you know, what breaks your heart and what amazes you with joy, fascination? Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. And really, as I think we all, we all know, that's, that's just so true. It's like, when you fall in love, you'll do anything for the sake of the beloved. You know, um, the sky's the limit, and especially when the person... Whom, with whom we're, we're in love with, whom we're madly in love with, is God. That there's, there's nothing you wouldn't do, there's no place you wouldn't go, just, just, just to be with Him. And I, that's certainly been, been my experience. Um, and, and once that happened in my life, there's, there's really, it's kind of game over. There's no going back. There's no, uh, nothing else compares with that love. And you know, being... Being raised on the family farm that, that I was on, uh, just outside of Burke, South Dakota, uh, along with four other siblings, uh, growing up, working on the farm, playing sports, uh, and, and going to, to Mass every Sunday, unless there was a natural disaster like a blizzard, um, well, Holy Days of Obligation, Catechism classes, the Rosary periodically, family prayers, it, it was really just kind of a given to me uh, that... That at a very young age, God's real, um, that He loves every person He's created, and that, that I, was a, I was a son to Him. These are just givens, it's common sense, you know. Um, and I could always pray to Him, even if I, you know, I couldn't see Him or I couldn't hear Him speaking back to me. As long as I knew that He heard me, that's all I needed. Um, very, I think it's simple, but I, I'm very grateful for a profound faith uh, that my parents imparted to me. And my siblings, and and there's also a, a community of faith that I could always count on. That it wasn't just a relationship with me and God or my family and God. It was it was a community community relationship uh, that gave witness that I'm never alone in, in my faith. And, and these these were all just givens in, in my life. And, um, but I began to experience the truth of that that quote that I, I just gave of Father Rupes about falling in love and how that really rocks your world. I, 
I experienced the truth of that uh, really for the first time in a, in power, a very powerful encounter with, with our Lord in the Eucharist. And it basically went down like this. I was, I was going into my senior year of high school, um, and fall camp was coming up for, for football, uh, which, of course, was my world. And my mom, unbeknownst to me, had signed me up for this uh, three- to five-day uh, Superville rally retreat. Um, and, and after complaining and railing against this unnecessary waste of time, uh, from my football training, since of course, you know, what, what can compare with, with, with uh, football in high school? Um, mom, basically what came down to was mom said it was going, dad said, uh, you're listening to your mom, and that was that. <laughs> um, you, yeah, you know the story, what mom says goes. Uh, so stuck as I was at a rally, uh, filled with high schoolers and hormones and, and, and loud music and, and praise and worship, which I guess really wasn't my scene at the time. Um, I, was, I just like, okay, um, might as well make the most of this. You know, I can't pout and be a sourpuss the whole time. And really what, what was the, the center of the retreat for me, that was, was the powerful point, uh, point of conversion was uh, when we had adoration. It was an hour-long adoration. I was like, good gracious. I, you know, I can barely make an hour in Mass. You know? <laughs> We're going to sit in silence? Okay, there's a little music, thank God. But um, if, if, For me at the time, I had never been to adoration. You know, I, I always believed what was taught to me growing up, that Jesus is in the Eucharist. Uh, there's no questions asked, but, but like uh, now they're taking them out of the tabernacle and put them in the, the monstrance, put, place them on the altar, and then processing them up and down the aisles and with, with smoke. I didn't know what incense was. And, and it smelled good. Uh, and I was like, okay, you know. Just, and, and they did do a good job of explaining. The speaker kind of explained what was going on and, and um, that this is just an intense time of prayer to be personally with your Lord. And he's, he's with you and just pour it out, you know, pour it all on the line. And so, you know, I get through the first, you know, half hour, kind of get through my basic prayers that I always go through, and, and it's just a silence, you know, with an with a auditorium filled with hundred, I don't know how many hundreds of high schoolers, and like, okay, it's like, what do I do now? You know, I see everyone looking, you know, looking at the Eucharist, you know, kneeling down, some doing this stuff, and, and, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with my time. Um, and so, I, but what I, I do remember is that one thing the speaker said to me really stuck, and is he said, if you have a lot of stuff bent up within you, if you have anger or frustration, or if you've been trying you know, to fill your life with, with stuff that's not God, and you're, and you're empty, you know, just give it to him. It's something along those lines. I remember it spoke to my heart. It was like, yeah, um, I... I do feel empty. Uh, I, I've been trying a lot of different ways, you know, and, uh, to make myself happy. And I just in high school, and I wasn't happy. And it's like, okay, God, I'll, I'll give you a shot. You know, if, if you're really uh, all you're talked up to be, because um, I always believed in God. There's no doubt, but you know, it was, it was kind of a turning point. It's like, you know, okay, own up. Um, I'm kind of empty. Um, show me if you're really there in, in that. 
piece of bread that we believe isn't bread, show it to me. And I, I, for the first time really in my life, I honestly let down the guard and just opened up. I just opened myself to a, a new dimension of faith, I think. And the way I, I always explain it is, is like, it's like doors being kicked down. And just a rush of, of I mean, there's no sounds or visions or, or voices, but within me, like, is very evident how real God it was and is, and that he was in the Eucharist. And he made very evident to me uh, that I couldn't any, run anymore from a lot of the sin that I've been, uh, up to that point, rationalizing, uh, justifying uh, in my mind, and... And basically, he just showed me my sins in my face. Showed me my selfishness, uh, my hypocrisy, and, and, and all those things in my face. And there's no running from the guilt. And it just brought tears. And just like, I, I just, I mean, maybe you know the feeling when you know you really stabbed someone in the back. And it just, and you're face to face with it. And, you know, looking at the crucifix, the tears just came. And, but at the same time, along with that profound sense of guilt was a profound sense of joy that he was, he was holding me accountable. He said, yeah, you did that, did that, did that, but I love you, you know, and you're my son, and I'm glad you're here. Again, no, no, no voices or anything, but it's just a profound sense of just being embraced, uh, that, that, that father's love, that, that, that love of Christ. Um, words kind of fail to explain it, and so which brought even more tears, you know, because you don't deserve it. Um, and so I, I just, you know, blubbering mess. I hate to think what the people around me were thinking. Um, and so, at, in that moment, I, I, I really underwent a, a conversion and turning back to the Lord and say, saying, "You're real, and you love me, and I don't deserve it." But then the question was, what am I going to do about it? Because um, he, he that love demands a response. And so I made a great, just, I just poured myself out in confession after that, and, and what, which has become my second favorite sacrament behind the Eucharist. Um, confession where, where, I, where I was just able to unmask everything, unmask all the, all the lies and, and baloney and and uh, rationalizations, and just be real, and be, you know, taken seriously and, and forgiven. And so after that, I, that just led to searching. Uh, all through my senior year of high school, I was going through confirmation, and I just led to a lot of questions about the faith. Like, okay, God is real, I want Him, I want the truth, where is it at? Uh, if it's in the Catholic Church, that's where I'm going. Uh, if it's not, wherever it's at. And I started asking all, all the questions about, you know, all, all the things that I've been taught. And I got, thank God, I got good answers. Um, and which led to more questions, which led to more answers. And he put many people in my life who, would, who gave me good answers, gave me books, good Catholic, uh, uh, just educating tools. And, but above all, what really pushed and, and, and kept this, this conversion going was prayer. I, I started learning, you know, I, I'd always prayed, but now it came to a new depth. And what really changed was it, was, it was more personal now. It was an encounter 
with somebody who knew, knows me better than myself. And it's not like I'm telling him anything new, but I'm going to him because he's revealing me to myself. And he's showing me him. And in that very process, because I made his image and likeness, he's showing me to myself. Um, that, and, and even beyond that, what it means to be baptized and be, to be brought into Christ, to be a son of God in the only son, Jesus. Um, and so that, that personal silence of prayer just kept that experience alive in me. And so what I experienced at one time in that Eucharistic adoration, I've been able to experience every Mass, at every time of prayer, at every uh, time of Eucharistic adoration. Um, and really what I found, it, you know, through that, it, that, that conversion, uh, being renewed each time I, I come to Him in prayer, is that to the extent that I've opened myself to encounter the full truth that God is constantly trying to reveal to me about Himself, uh, the more I've been forced to get out of my comfort zone, uh, the more I've been forced to change things in my life. And, and anyone who has had a conversion knows this. You know, your values have to change uh, to be in accord with God. Your, my behavior, my relationships, my, my worldview, my opinion, even my, you know, my feelings, my desires, my thoughts, all, all these things just, you know, again, when you fall in love, you do anything to be with the lover and, and to be one with him. Um, nothing's left unchanged, and I got you know the fire has continued to to grow, and it's infected all the areas of my life. Uh, not, obviously, not saying I'm perfect, but but it's he's he's, he's drawing me, um, and it just becomes a fire. And that, that's that's the the image um, that that really kind of explains what God's love is in me. It, it's it's I can't be contained, this love of God cannot be contained in, in my self-centered comfort. It can't just be a me and Jesus relationship, however good that, that is. It has to spread beyond me. Um, kind of the, Pope, the words of Pope Francis really have rung true when he said to the, the youth of World Youth Day in Brazil, he's like, flee comfort. Anything that leads you to, to soak in yourself and, and to, to be comfortable, get rid of that. Because God's not there. He's calling you beyond yourself. And I can't be contained in my small-minded plans for myself anymore. Um, as good, perhaps, and well thought out and elaborate as those plans have been, um, God always explodes that. Uh, he, and he, he surprises me. And I have to spread that love with, with others. And evangelization has, has become something that I can't avoid. You know, whether I'm you know, uh, in, in line, you know, God's putting that on my heart. I don't always answer it. I'm sometimes stubborn, but, you know, to, to speak with somebody or, on, you know, on the plane or uh, wherever I'm at, uh, to be able to share this, this encounter I've had. Um, even, you know, even looking back prior to, to entering, entering seminary, even when I fell in love with a young lady that I dated into college, and then things didn't quite, you know, work out the way that I hoped it would. Um, God exploded my tiny plan for my life, and He started putting on my heart thoughts of of the priesthood. Well, which had already been growing during the relationship, but now it is He's like, let's take the next step. 
Um, he helped me to overcome the, the fear that I had of, of celibacy and, and what that would mean for my life. And because as restlessness, he was, was calling me as good as my dating relationship was to something greater um, for, for me, his plan for me. Um, and eventually when I made the decision to leave college and go to seminary to give myself to that growing desire of giving myself to God in a more radical way of discerning the ministerial priesthood, um, that, that, that fire just burned more intensely. And he called me to be more selfless in more and more ways. Uh, by nature, I'm definitely an introvert. I, I can spend long periods of time without seeing people and be just fine. Um, but he's pushed me beyond that. Uh, and, and I've been, I taught, helped out with the Duke and Alton for three years. You know, I never ever thought I, I like I could teach you. I never thought I you know, like be around kids. And like I, that love makes me want to share it. And I found joy in it. And you know, told us to us. Um, any any of the, the apostolates I've had throughout seminary, visiting nursing homes, being with somebody in their suffering, um, going out and, and being with, with with college students that are really doubting or or. or Attacking the you know attacking the, the faith, but really seeking good answers and just being able to walk with them through that has been just a tremendous joy and a, a way of life I never could, would have chosen for myself. But again, when that love infects you, um, you'll do anything for it. And you know, God willing, um, in under two months now, <laughs> October second, the Peace of the Guardian Angels. You know, I'm going to be able to give myself to God in a new way um, and as, as his deacon and, and then, God willing, again uh, in, in June to become uh, his, his priest and, and, and serve, his, serve him and his spouse uh, as, as my own spouse uh, as, as a priest. Nothing I ever would have dreamed up in my wildest imagination. Um, and so... As, as Father Arupe, that I quoted earlier, mentioned, and as the saints like St. Catherine of Siena constantly bear witness, you know, I pray that we all will fall more deeply in love with this, this, this fire of love that, that's, that's pushing us beyond um, our plans, our expectations for ourselves. And that, that love is what, what we're made for. And so may God, through that love, set the world on fire through us. So praise be Jesus Christ. Amen.